You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. From Mamma Mia, welcome to The Spill, your daily pop culture fix. I'm Laura Brodnick. And I'm Key Reese, and I am so glad you are back. How was your extra long weekend? It was good. So I worked a couple of weekends in a row, which I don't recommend during a pandemic, and I just had to take a holiday day to kind of decompress, but it was good. I watched a lot of TV, read a lot of books, made a lot of cocktails, cooked some stuff, and then I've come back to real life today, so, you know. Oh my God, absolute goals. Well, I'm glad that you're back, even though it's probably not as exciting as homemade cocktails. Oh, no, this is exciting because some big news broke over the weekend, and even if we didn't do a podcast we would have been talking about this for hours so it's actually fitted into our job very well and I'm talking about the photo of Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck that they posted over the weekend confirming their romance but there's more to this story than just a photo there is a whole team of people behind this rollout and some interesting theories about what they're doing we're going to get into all of that later on because it's very juicy but first the entertainment news headlines of the day I have news What's the hot gas? I want more headlines. Well, the ongoing custody battle between Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt took a sharp turn over the weekend when a California appeals court disqualified the private judge the former couple were using, which actually is a victory for Angelina Jolie. So basically the court agreed with Angelina Jolie, so her legal team put forward an appeal about this. They agreed that Judge John W. Odenkirk didn't sufficiently disclose the business relationships he had with Brad Pitt's attorneys, which I think we can all agree is very ethically muddy. So according to a statement from the court, Judge Odenkirk's ethical breach considered together with the information disclosed concerning his recent professional relationship with Pitt's counsel might cause an objective person aware of all the facts reasonably to entertain a doubt to the judge's ability to be impartial. So this decision means that the custody fight over the couple's five minor children that they share together from their decade-long relationship, which was coming close to an end, so were finally, after being in court for years, going to kind of work out how much time Angelina and Brad would have their kids, that whole fight could be now starting over again from the beginning. Because like many celebrity couples, Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie opted to hire their own judge, and that's just so that they can have more privacy around the court proceedings, but obviously in this case it backfired because of the slightly shady deals on Brad Pitt's side and now it's all out in the open again. So the couple were actually divorced in April 2019, but their lawyers asked for a judgment that allowed a married couple to be declared single while other issues, including their finances and their child's custody arrangements, continued. So even though they're divorced, this part is really dragging out through the courts. And also interestingly is that Angelina Jolie keeps pressing for her minor children to appear in court and say who they want to live with and people are thinking also make some allegations against Brad Pitt, whereas the court hasn't allowed that yet. So it's getting very murky. Yeah, it's super interesting because I remember when she first brought up like the alleged, well now proven to be true, kind of business dealings that the judge had with Pitt's lawyers. So it's so interesting that this has kind of come out and come this way right at the end, just as they were about to kind of settle on something. I wish I wasn't as invested as I am, but I am. Well, on to some, I don't know, some weird news. And we don't want to judge people, but we're going to be a little bit judgy for two and a half minutes <laughs> Yes, here. I love okay? when you get judgy. Well, Lady Kitty Spencer, that is the 30-year-old niece of Princess Diana, married her 62-year-old millionaire fashion tycoon boyfriend of three years. His name is Michael Lewis, and they married in Italy 
and it was stunning. She wore five Dolce & Gabbana gowns and we know this because the designers have posted it all over Instagram, much to the delight of anyone who is invested in the wedding of one of the UK's most eligible socialites. And spoiler alert, she looked goddamn gorgeous. So the Daily Mail reports that her brothers, so that is Louis Spencer, Viscount Althorpe and Samuel Atkin, walked her down the aisle with twin sisters Lady Eliza and Lady Amelia also attending. But her father, so that's Princess Diana's younger brother, Charles Spencer, did not attend. And it is known that Kitty and her cousins, Prince William and Harry, are quite close and have a great relationship. She attended both of their weddings, so Prince William to Kate Middleton back in 2011 and then Harry to Meghan Markle in 2018. But it doesn't look like they were able to attend. There's no word on why yet. And it was a huge wedding, so I feel like the guest list could have been extended. But maybe they didn't want to overshadow her day. So yes, a lot of talk today about the 32-year age gap between the two. It's the second wedding for Michael and he has three sons from a previous marriage. So very interesting. I'm trying not to be judgy, but it's just, it is a big age gap. It's, it's a really big, big age gap, yeah. I mean, one of the reasons we wanted to talk about it in our meeting this morning, we were saying it's just plastered over the front, these photos of every kind of entertainment or culture website today, which understandably everyone loves a royal wedding especially an over-the-top opulent one like this. But yeah, there are some kind of little niggling things behind the scenes. Like, why weren't all the cousins there? Obviously, Mm. like, COVID's still a factor, but it is strange because they always show up to family weddings. That's kind of the done thing in their social circles. And also, I think there's always been so much interest in Kitty, not only because obviously she's gorgeous and she's got ties to the royal family and all that sort of stuff that media love to pick up on. But I think a lot of people through her earlier years tried to liken her so much to Princess Diana for no reason, except that, you know, she's an aunt she probably didn't even get to, you know, spend any time with. But people are just putting them together because they're both like beautiful from the same family and I can probably see Kitty Spencer being like I don't want to be like a beacon of charity and hope and social issues I just want to go marry my rich older husband and live in my beautiful house and wear five wedding dresses and she should be allowed to do that well on to the topic that we have been dying to talk about so over the weekend Jennifer Lopez celebrated her 52nd birthday in St. Tropez on a very fancy holiday and while that's lovely for her happy birthday and all that shit what we really care about (laughs) is that no one cares I only care about this is that she used the celebration to officially confirm her romance with her former fiance Ben Affleck and the pop culture gods just really came together on this one for us so Jennifer posted a series of solo holiday snaps of herself on her Instagram account over the weekend, but the last image showed her and Ben Affleck in just what can only be described as a full-on Hollywood smooch. So up until this moment, there's been obviously dozens of paparazzi images of Ben and Jen together over the last couple of months. We've seen them on holidays together. We've seen them with each other's kids and parents. So they haven't been trying to hide it at all, even though they refuse to talk about it in interviews. But this is the first time either of them has posted an image like this, just full on making them Instagram official, which we all know nothing's official until it's Instagram official. And Kiris, there has been quite the rollout to this moment. Yes. I mean, it was the greatest news ever after the shocker that New South Wales and Australia collectively had on Saturday with the situation that I shall not give any airtime to, to wake up on Sunday to just like a very casual post by JLo, you know, I'm turning 52, me posing on a yacht, me posing on a yacht, me posing on a yacht, me and Ben (laughs) Affleck kissing. I was just like, yes, I needed this. I really needed this. But 
The thing is, it's like it's been such a long time coming. I mean, there was a bit of choreography to it, shall we say. More work has gone into this than like the Grammys to roll this out and the team people working behind the scenes. There's nothing casual about this. So in Instagram dating now, posting the grid photo is the main thing. But before that, you've got to do the foreshadowing. You know, you just show his kind of elbow in the background or you're in a group photo together on someone else's account. You've got to kind of, before you do the big couple announcement, you've got to work it into your social media feed which is exactly what Jennifer Lopez did because you know how one of her closest friends is Leah Remini like they've been oh friends yes years. yeah when Jennifer Lopez scores a big movie role she always like gets apart for Leah like they're super close so just before Jennifer Lopez posted this to her feed Leah Remini was the first one to post a photo of her and Ben together on Instagram so yeah she put up like a video montage of her birthday and these images and clearly there's one of Ben and Jen in there so that was the first time so it's the classic kind of getting your friend to do a bit of a soft launch for you first to kind of smooth the way she would have got probably like a written permission from Jennifer to post that video which then gave Jennifer Lopez the leeway to post that kissing video which can I just say it is the most perfectly placed shot because unless you know how to like move your heads and mouth and stuff kissing photos are obviously like most of the time, they're not great. Okay, they're both actors. They know how to kiss. No, the that's camera. what I mean. They've set themselves. It's not a candid shot, is what I'm trying to say. Like they've no. set it up. They've done multiple takes. The lighting's been adjusted. The clothing's been adjusted. That is like the most perfectly choreographed setup kiss photo. Like I said, the a lighting. team of people has been working for that. And then exactly the lighting, the editing, everything about it has been worked on. It kind of made me think of how Kim Kardashian and Kanye West when they had that big wedding in Italy and they went to Ireland for their honeymoon and then a week later that photo of them kissing in front of that big flower wall room was released and it became like the most liked photo on Instagram and it was so perfect and afterwards Kim said like we spent a whole week we spent our whole honeymoon working on that photo sending it off for edits getting it back retouching the colors ourselves and the lighting and moving things around it took us the whole week to get that photo to release and I just think exactly the same thing happened with this photo like a team of people has worked on that photo for a week in the kissing shot like JLo is in like a gorgeous bikini rock and bod with a what do you call those things I don't know what they are like, like a sarong like a sarong like a, oh yeah and she's got the, like the wrap on and stuff. like a cover up like a like, yeah. yeah they're on a boat in the middle of Saint-Tropez it is middle of summer hot 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 and Ben Affleck is in a long sleeve shirt and so Eagle Eye fans were like why is he wearing a long sleeve shirt it must be hot and then I remembered the Phoenix tattoo and what <laughs> J-Lo said to Andy Cohen about the Phoenix tattoo what is your honest opinion of Ben Affleck's Phoenix back <laughs> tattoo. There's the tattoo. It's awful. It's awful. It's not I mean, attractive. I would tell him that. I would tell him, like, right. what, what are you doing? That's what, so right. It has too many colors. His tattoos always have too many colors. They like, always have too yes. many colors. They shouldn't, have, they shouldn't be so colorful. Yes. You know what I mean? They should be, like, cooler. I don't know. There's a reason why he's wearing a shirt, okay? And we all know what the reason is. Ben Affleck was allowed on the yacht, but the Phoenix tattoo was not. It had to be, like, covered up. I thought we Covered discussed- up at all times. Ma'am, we've got an exposed Phoenix tattoo on the <laughs> upper deck. And one of Jennifer Lopez's mind is, like, runs in and throws a shirt over him. I can just picture him, like, in the ocean in that full collared, yeah. full-sleeve shirt. Like I mean, a rashy. I he's, like, wearing a <laughs> And that's the thing. I'm not really here for the body shaming around Ben Affleck, which has been happening, of people saying, like, he didn't get in shape for Batman, but he got in shape to 
be able what? to date Jennifer Lopez again. People I said think the that. Phoenix tattoo is a separate issue to that. We're not and body shaming him. We are no, tattoo no, no. shaming him. I will yeah. say we are. A year from now, that thing's going to be gone. They are lasering it off it as we speak. It is so, speak, so that's big, okay. though. It's so big. It's a full <laughs> he was shoulder a time. to back. God, yeah, that was a big mistake. Anywho, anywho. So the other thing that people have kind of picked up about this, besides how ingenious this whole rollout has been, because, I mean, a lot of people are still saying, like, are they together? And I think by now we can say, yes, they are romantically involved. But they also put a lot of work into the PR spin of this. Because if they hadn't done the perfect PR spin of it, this could have ended badly for them. You know what I mean? Like there's the Jennifer Garner thing of people saying that he's treated her really badly. Jennifer Lopez was coming off a broken engagement where there were allegations of cheating. They were both coming from not a great place and they had to completely rewrite the narrative, which they've done so ingeniously. But what a few people have picked up on is that it's almost too well done. So a theory has come out over the weekend about the fact that they're not just doing this rollout for their relationship, that they're actually recreating scene by scene the iconic Jenny from the Block video. But I have to come to defense of the person who came up with this theory because it's not something that just popped up this weekend. It's just something that outlets have clutched onto this weekend, but it's been going for a while. So the original person who came up with the theory is Casey St. Onge. And if you don't know who she is, I really highly suggest you follow her on Instagram and Twitter. She's so smart. She's worked behind the scenes as a showrunner and writer on a huge amount of big talk shows. She just knows the ins and outs of Hollywood so well, but from a really kind of business analytical perspective, like she never gets into gossip and rumors. She just kind of tells you really straight, like she's been in the industry for so long. She knows everyone. And she has been saying for months that JLo and Ben are doing the shot for shot remake of the Jenny from the Block video. So her evidence first, and she does have evidence, like she's so kind of straight to the point. So she started saying this in May, where she said Ben could be seen wearing the watch that JLo gave him in the original Jenny from the Block video. Like that can't be a coincidence. It's exactly the same watch. Then she says on June 14th, Ben and Jen were snapped at a dinner together by paparazzi. She said a lot of people focus on the fact that it was their first public kiss since rebooting their romance, but she, Casey, focused on the placement of everything that dinner, including the angle that the Paps were shooting from because it was an exact shot-for-shot Pap shot remake of the dinner that they had in the original video clip, like almost down to the actual frame. And Jen was even wearing her hair in a very similar way with that half updo, downdo, which she rarely ever does. But she had it in the dinner at that video and now she has the same hairdo here. Oh my God. This is mind blowing. Then she said, this is months ago, call me when they're on a yacht together. That's when we'll know for sure. And then guess what happened? There's photos of them on the yacht together. She's lying down. He's leaning over her hand on his ass. It's almost an exact replica of the Jenny from the Block video shoot. So now everyone's like, they have to be doing that on purpose. And Casey St. Ange says that she thinks they're doing like a full shot for shot remake of the video to celebrate the 20th anniversary of the song. Yeah. Okay. So this is brilliant, by the way, and I'm so glad that you brought this to my attention. And the reason why I think it's actually true is because back in May, when they were first kind of pictured together doing their like little getaway and things like that, That same week, her old album, This Is Me Then, got pushed 
into the album charts again after 19 years. It's the album that has Jenny from the Block, Dear Ben, like all of those kind of tribute songs that she wrote to Ben. And she talked to her Instagram to be like, all of my albums are very special to me, but This Is Me Then is my favourite album I've ever done so far. I know a lot of you have heard me say that before, so in honour of my J lovers, that's her like what she calls her fans, helping re-enter the charts again after 19 years, here is a little TBT. And then it was like a montage of all of the video clips from that that she posted to Instagram. So she's quite nostalgic. That original Jenny from the Block video, it's basically like the paparazzi following her around and that's why Ben Affleck was in it at the time because it was kind of to point out how ridiculous the paparazzi were just photographing her and tailing her. Because remember, they were the first huge celebrity paparazzi couple, like A-listers that started dating and then that whole kind of paparazzi economy really started and they were really the first to fall victim of it. And they've always talked about the fact that the paparazzi and the stress from the paparazzi really caused them to break up. So I think for the 20th anniversary of this, absolutely they are recreating it and they're going to like release it in some way. Like all of the clues are there. It is just so brilliant. She's a marketing genius. I think, you know, Ben Affleck called her and he's like, Jen, Jenny, I'm sorry. Take me back, please. And she was like, oh, fine. Two things. You must get rid of that Phoenix tattoo some way. Cut it from your body. I don't care. And also you must spend months recreating a 20-year-old video with me. And he was like, done and done. We're seeing that agreement come to life now. So I think she's a marketing genius. I think the two of them, you know, this is great for them. This publicity is so good for them. Can I just point out some other things before we wrap up really quickly? (laughs) It's also A-Rod's birthday in in the coming days. He's turning 46 and he is also in Saint-Tropez on a yacht, but with friends and family. And he's also been liking J-Lo's sister's Instagram posts, including a tribute for her birthday, which I'm like, can you leave us alone? We're done with you. We're back to they're probably like in their yacht at night like having wine and chatting and he's outside just like slowly circling their yacht and trying to get like creepy binoculars yeah with creepy binoculars and that weird smiley does okay okay, anyway but the very cute thing that i saw on i think it was not skinny but not fat posted in the first photo of that carousel that she posted for her birthday the one that has her and ben smooching in it There is a corner, and I'm talking a corner of a picture frame, right? It's 10 centimetres. Because the internet are batshit crazy psychos, which I love and, like, keep me so entertained – They worked out that it was a framed picture of Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck photographed by Herb Ritz (gasps) for Vanity Fair in March 2003 for the issue that they were doing. And it's them sitting on a motorbike on the beach in black and white. I'm going to post it in our Facebook group so you guys can see. But everyone was like, that's really weird that she has it. And I'm like, he definitely gave her that as a gift or something for her birthday. Like, it's a very cute shot of them. But I just love the internet. Like, there are just so many little (laughs) Easter eggs. Like, everyone talks about how Taylor Swift has all these amazing Easter eggs. Nuh-uh. I'm sorry. J-Lo, Ben Affleck. Yeah. Easter's early. Easter's come Easter's early. We come are early. bunny rabbits. <laughs> I'm sure there'll be more information around this very important investigation over the next couple of weeks. And don't worry, we will keep you up to date on all of it. Well, thank you so much for listening to The Spill today. And remember, if you're listening, please follow us, like, subscribe, leave us a review. It helps people find us and we do read all of them. So it's the best way to get your thoughts about the show to us. Oh, oh, I also had a little recommendation. If you're after something else to listen to this week or next weekend, can I suggest that you check out the new season of Extraordinary Stories over on our membership platform, M+. So this season is all about the life and death of former judge of Australia's Next Top Model 
Charlotte Dawson, and the third episode has just dropped. So host Emma Gillespie, who is also the very talented producer of Mamma Mia Out Loud, she speaks to the people closest to Charlotte to find out what has changed over the seven years since Charlotte's death and what her legacy is. You know, she went through a lot with a lot of criticism online, and it's a really interesting listen and very important and timely. So you can have a sneaky listen to the first episode for free wherever you get your podcasts, and then come and join us on M Plus and listen to the rest of the season. So you can sign up to Mamma Mia's membership program by going on to mamamia.com.au forward slash M Plus. So that's M, the letter. P-L-U-S. This episode of The Spill was produced by myself, Laura Brodnick, and Madeline Joannou with audio production by Leah Porges. We'll see you at mamamia.com.au. Bye. Bye. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the land we have recorded this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures. 